Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. Reese, how are you doing this week? Doing pretty good, man. It's uh, This week has flown by for me. I feel like I, I can't even can't believe that it's Thursday, about to be Friday tomorrow, mm-hmm. heading to this weekend. Uh, always feels good to get to that. And one uh, one weekend closer to this NFL draft, I mean, we're really getting down uh, into it right now. Yeah, I feel like the draft, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like it's a weekend later this year. Isn't it I normally so. like this I think it weekend? is, yeah. They've been yeah, pushing that's, it that's back. that's so weird to me. That That's so weird to me. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Um I don't know. Maybe they're trying to do this to get ready for like the the new seventeen game season. So they're pushing everything a week back. I don't, I don't know. But but before we start going on with the show, man, I've gotten too lazy to do the topic reads before the show. So I'm just gonna do it right now. Okay. So we're gonna be going over first off Bears signing Marquise Goodwin. Then we're gonna be getting into a little bit of Justin Fields news, uh, Dwayne Eskridge, and the possibility of him coming to the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Chicago Bears have been reportedly looking to trade up into the top 10. Davis Mills rocketing up draft boards. And then we're going to get into our first ever mock draft for the 2021 draft season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's jam-packed full uh, of of good topics there. I think, honestly, the whole Davis Mills thing just off first glance kind of caught me off guard. Um, yeah. You know, not to, to really read... And not to give away exactly what I'm going to say later on in the show, but I think really just the way he acts under pressure is what kind of makes me uncomfortable with with picking mm-hmm. him. But I understand that people do like his arm. It's clear that he can throw, you know, he has a, a, a decent-sized arm. He can throw it down the field. Um, I just don't like that he always seems to be putting it high on a lot of people. But we'll, we'll get down into that more. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I am sorry to every, all of our listeners that are listening to the show right now. We didn't have anybody leave us a rating and review this week. So, Sad I, boys. I, 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 yeah, I, I have to say, guys, like, come on. Come on. <laughs> just, we're just playing. Uh, it would be nice, though, if you, if you could leave us a rating and review. And that helps us out tremendously. Uh, if you haven't already, um, yeah, will really, really help us out if you leave us a five-star review. really helps promote our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts has a really outdated system of how they promote podcasts. So, uh, yeah, pretty much the only thing that matters is how you got, like, how many ratings and reviews we have. So, uh, again, if you could keep doing that, keep keep leaving us ratings and reviews. Hey, maybe if you've already left us a rating and review... Take your, uh, you know, your girlfriend's or your mom's phone or, or what, whoever it is, <laughs> oh, and and leave us another one, please. Damn, that's like that's like the sad kid that's leaving, you know, ten different comments on his YouTube <laughs> with different accounts, man. <laughs> we are begging you. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, that's sad. Actually, every single rating and review so far has been Reese and I just finding different phones and and leaving them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're just that's why they all we're sound just so similar. Imagine imagine our last podcast topic where we actually read all of them out on the podcast. If they were actually us just leaving all of the rating and reviews. That'd be so, God, that'd be so, be so sad. Be so the world's pathetic. smallest violin playing in the background, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, man. Well, I, I guess let's just get right into the show. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a good week for me. Um, yeah, summer is quickly approaching, so I'm happy about that. Uh, you know. 
It, it's going to be great. But let's start off. The Bears had a signing this week. Marquise Goodwin is officially a Chicago Bear. Honestly, bro, like to me, I okay. Like that's that's my real reaction. Is I feel like this is kind of like the same thing that the Bears have been doing for a while, where they try to bring in this like vet that's kind of at the end of his career. Reminds me a lot of Ted Ginn Jr., who was on the team last year, uh, ended up getting cut. Or, an, or another name that we can talk about, you know, a little bit ago was uh, Victor Cruz. Oh, the classic. Uh, for all of our, yeah, for all of our, uh, you know, 27, what was that, 2017 season fans. Uh, yeah, Victor Cruz, you know, he did a little salsa in the end zone uh, when he scored in the preseason. Yeah. And that was about the highlight with us. <laughs> yeah, he was salsaing all day in Chicago and then promptly after the preseason was cut. Yeah, Marquis Goodwin. This is an interesting one. Um, you know, really, his standout season was like what twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen with San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Like almost had like nine hundred yards. Yeah, almost damn near had a thousand yards, which is pretty impressive. But really, throughout the rest of his career, he's kind of been you know usually like a two hundred to five hundred yard guy. Which you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, by no means is this like some kind of huge pickup. I think he definitely brings. A large amount of athleticism. I mean, he's an Olympic like long jumper as well. I mean, he's mm. kind of a freak athlete. Has been in the league a uh, uh, decently long time for that reason. Uh, I think he can bring some value, and especially he's someone that could possibly help fill that hole in the return game as well. I wonder if that was actually maybe the primary motivation in bringing him in. You know, if he if he could come in here and have like a 2018 Josh Bellamy type of season, man. I would consider that a success. Yeah, man. I I still have his signature on when we went to training camp that year. Man, I really want to get out to training camp and meet some of our fans. I, I really do. Yeah. That, that'd be so cool. Start dishing yeah. out some signatures of our own, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bro. We'll uh we'll get a little fake security guard. They'll be like, step away, step away. When everyone inevitably runs towards us <laughs> to ask for our signatures. Exactly. Yeah, no, I I think that it's not a crazy big signing. I mean, if he can, I I don't even know what quite, if he can get 40 catches, that'd be a pretty huge season for him, I think, here. If he could get 40 receptions, Mm -hmm. if he could get like, I mean, usually he has a pretty good receiving average usually. So with those 40 catches, he could probably get like 600 yards. Yeah, and I think that the big thing with him is that he's been kind of injury prone lately. So, like, maybe if he could, you know, get healthy a little bit. I, I remember, like, Marquis Goodwin a couple years ago, he had some hype behind his name. You know, he was a notable name. He's definitely a notable signing. Um, you know, I have to hope that this is a little bit different than some of our other signings. But, I mean, we're going to have to see at, some added speed would be great uh, for this team. So. I mean, I think that's about all that can be said for Marquis Goodwin. Good ad. I mean, it's it's hard to really say that an ad that's probably below $1 million a year on the salary cap is going to be like, how can you say that's a bad, <laughs> a bad move? So it's a good move, I guess. Um, but let's go ahead and move on. Justin Fields, there was some unfortunate news that came out with him where he actually, I don't know if this was an ongoing issue or a new issue, but it came out that he actually has been battling epilepsy. Uh, throughout his entire football career, uh, Adam, who or no, Ian Rappaport uh, said that he, he isn't concerned about it. Justin Fields isn't, and that he expects to actually grow out of it, as some of his other family members have. Um, you know, really unfortunate news. I, you have to wonder if something like this is going to 
affect him or if this is going to like affect his draft stock or anything. To me personally, it's like this is super terrible news, but I don't I don't think it necessarily has any impact on him because it has yet to really affect his football going forward, but Man, you just hate when like certain things. I mean, another player that this reminds me of is like when Maurice Hurst. He played at Michigan, didn't he? Yeah. Actually, Maurice Hurst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he like he was supposed to go in the first round, and then came out during the pre-draft process that he has a heart condition, and then a lot, apparently no team was willing to draft him besides the Raiders, uh, and people were actually kind of mad at the Raiders because apparently like his condition, he could like die because of it. Yeah. Um, and I don't even think he's in the NFL anymore. I think the Raiders just cut him. Uh, but you, you just hate when like, I mean, Justin Fields with all the notoriety behind his name and how much hype was going on him coming into college and now in the draft, it's like it sucks when these players like just have things that are just beyond their control that affects them, you know? Yeah, I don't think this is going to bury Justin Fields. I mean, I could see possibly a couple of teams potentially taking him off their radar for that reason. But I think most teams are probably still going to be fine taking them where they were going to originally take him. Uh, personally, I, I don't think it raises too much of an issue for me because, like you said, I would have expected to see something like that act out if it was going to be an issue already in his career. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's definitely something that you always have to be a little bit concerned about. It's always just interesting, right? Because, like, someone like Jay Cutler, they always talk about his diabetes, you know. Whenever there's mm-hmm. any kind of medical de- condition in play, they're always going to look at it. And, you know, for good reason, it can definitely affect their play. I mean, if you know, clearly if... You know, Justin Fields is going epileptic. He's not going to be able to play. Um, you know, that's yeah. that kind of goes without question. Um, and as much as like, you know, Jay Cutler was in diabetic shock, he wouldn't have been able to play. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, you can only read too much into it. I could understand being dissuaded. But at the same time, I don't think that it's something that ends Justin Fields. Yeah, no, I don't think it. it- would end his like career in the NFL. Definitely not. But you have to wonder if like, for instance, someone like the 49ers have to, if they're trying, if they're putting that into their like consideration, you know, if they're incorporating that when considering the third overall pick, I hope not because I think that again, at this point, he's already played on the biggest stage multiple times. Like history would show us that it's not going to be an issue. Yeah. No, I mean, he's been in the biggest stadiums, you know. I don't Was he quarterback multiple times in the college football playoffs? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah multiple yep, times. Multiple times. I mean, that's when they got all the lights in the stadium on, everything like that. Anything that could possibly, like, really set him off, unless I'm missing something. But I know that usually, like, epilepsy is triggered by, you mm-hmm. know, certain things. So, yeah, yeah I don't. I wouldn't see it popping up or flaring up if it hasn't already. But, of course, you never know. And it's promising that there's history in his family of it kind of just being grown out of. So, yeah, I guess that's promising as far as longevity goes. Yeah, terrible news on Justin Fields' side. Hope that, you know, everything goes well with him. Um, Yeah, it is positive that it seems like it's something that that could possibly go away for him. Um, and I, you know, I just, it's one of those things where it's like, it sucks that it's out of his control and could potentially hurt his pocketbook or like just 
his goals in life, but I obviously hope that that is not the case. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Reports are saying, well, reports have linked Dwayne Eskridge uh, from Western Michigan to the Chicago Bears, uh, a guy that is really well known for his kind of twitchy ability, um, kind of, you know, I, I guess some would say under um, underproduce at the NFL level or sorry, at the college football level underproduced. Um, someone that a lot of people think could be better at the pro level, uh, given a, a pro level coaching staff, um, and everything else. But yeah, a lot of people are linking him to the bears. I think that he could be a really good, uh, player to slot in at that slot position. Uh, are you, are you buying into these reports or do you think it could just be, it's so for me, it's like, I wouldn't. I would be happy with Dwayne Eskridge if we get him in like the second round or third round or something. Um, but it's just like the Bears. Anything that's pre-draft that's related to the Bears, as far as linking them to players, I almost never believe. Almost never, because it's just the Bears do so much to try to make people think they're doing different things. Yeah. No, it, it's interesting. I think it would be a decent ad for sure. I mean, they do they can add into that slot position. I think he's someone that has a skill set that, that fits that well with what you want to see in today's NFL, which is, you know, the twitchy ability that you mentioned. Um, honestly, the ability to make space and kind of that short, um, you know, if you can make space and then the NFL um, within like that two to five yard range, that's really what makes you an elite, you know, slot receiver. Cause you kind of have to make separation for the quarterback in order for them to get you on a short pass when there hasn't been much time that's gone off in the play. And he looks like someone that at least has that ability. I know, like you said, maybe a little bit underwhelming at the college level. At the same time, I think that, I don't know if it's necessarily smoke and mirrors. I feel like they're they're probably at least somewhat interested because I feel like he's someone that has a skill set that would interest the Bears, personally. Like, I, I could see the interest being very legitimate. But mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, it's just kind of like, does, you know, no one going to Trey Lance's second pro day, does that mean that the Bears aren't interested? You know, it's very mm -hmm. much just like you can't write the Bears off on anything. And I don't think you can necessarily write them in on anything because they've never given me a strong indication to this draft process that they're certainly going to do anything. I mean, I've been very much just kind of, you know, confused, almost guessing with what direction they're going to go in. It's weird because like I've gotten to the point and maybe that this is going to come off really like wacky and this isn't like a topic, but I've almost gotten to the point that I feel like I would be almost more excited for like a Kellen Mond than I would for like, like, like someone like, uh, you know, Trey Lance, which sounds kind of weird, but just like knowing how much we'd have to give up for Trey Lance, it, it's like, Kel like I'd be hyped if we got Kellen Mond, I would be really excited. Yeah. Well, it's, it's almost just because, like, the Bears have not had a quarterback, haven't drafted a quarterback since Trubisky. So it would just be something mm. oddly new and refreshing. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's like, I don't know. I, I'm turning into a Kellen Mond believer. I'm going to root for him in the NFL. The more and more film I watch him, I like him more and more. Um, but yeah, that's kind of off topic. But yeah, no, I agree. I agree with your, what you're saying. Dwayne Eskridge as a player, it makes a lot of sense why the Bears would want him. You know, it makes like a ton of sense why they'd want him. He has traits that have shown to be really successful on the NFL level. And he'd be a really good slot receiver with Darnell Mooney on one side and Allen Robinson on the other. He also has the flexibility that Matt Nagy requires out of his receivers uh, 
with being able to play in the slot and outside. So Dwayne Eskridge, I mean, he's kind of a matchup issue, um, really just a, a quality player. I would be happy, but it's just, it's always weird to me when, when certain things come out about the Bears. It's like when it was coming out that the Bears were high on Nathan Peterman before the 2017 draft. It's like they, Ryan Pace does know how to work the media a little bit. So I always approach draft rumors as, with hesitance. Yeah, and I think you have to do that to a certain extent with every team and maybe a little bit more with the Bears and, you know, what Pace does. But everyone always makes a bunch of assumptions about, you know, every day. How often do I always hear, like, people linking people to the Patriots? Like, oh, well, he's such and such mm-hmm. should be good for the Patriots. Yeah, there's always, like, some kind of, like, <laughs> buzz teams, you know, just because they have certain kind of qualities that usually a certain team likes, but really doesn't write anything in at all, you know? And especially Inserts any unathletic player. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he'd be a fit for the Patriots. And I, oh, Mac Jones would be a fit for the Patriots. Bill Belichick is working his magic. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. I mean, I feel like I've heard almost every quarterback in the draft, besides like the the obvious out in um, uh, Trevor Lawrence, of them being like, oh, you know, such and such could be great paired up with Bill Belichick. <laughs> and it's like, all right, are we just gonna go through? Watch every out for Bill Belichick. Says, you don't know what he has in his right pocket. <laughs> but it just gets ultimately boils down to the draft speculation. It gets so stupid and annoying. And and you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Eskridge ends up getting picked by the Bears. I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I you really can't buy into into anything draft related until until it actually happens you know usually the number one pick is very predictable sometimes the top five is very predictable but honestly once you get outside the top 10 in the first round there's a lot of weird things that happen a lot of teams make interesting picks and once you get beyond the first round it really just it opens up almost as a free-for-all you know there's so much moving that really goes around and the speculation just gets nuts <laughs> I have a drinking game for all of our Bears fans listening to the podcast. Every single time they bring up Mitchell Trubisky being drafted before Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, take a shot. You'll be uh, you'll you'll be well drunk by the end of the first night of the first round draft. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, yeah, it's a storyline in the NFL, right? I mean, the Bears yeah. firmly planting themselves into history, at least for what the modern era is. And that's why I feel like whoever becomes the Chicago Bears quarterback, which we will assume they will draft one in this draft, I feel like <laughs> not that Mitchell Trubisky came Well, Mitchell Trubisky came in with high expectations because he was the first quarterback in the draft. I almost feel like whatever quarterback the Bears draft here, it's like, He's coming in with super low expectations. You know, fans are already looking at like Davis Mills, you know, like these are the, these are the fans expectations. So it's like that. And with the fact that Mitchell Trubisky could not have turned out to be worse of a pick than he was, it's one of those situations where it's like, it's almost the exact opposite situation with Mitch Trubisky, where he came in, the Bears giving up so much for him, his like hype pre-draft, and then also how the other players performed. It's almost like whoever the Bears draft, it's going to be kind of like, I guess, refreshing because it could be almost like an underdog story. Yeah, unless they end up trading up for one again, then it's kind of going to be like a little bit Even of Even so, though. 
Even so, though, like, like if they trade be, up to like be 10. As, it couldn't ever be as big of a narrative as Trubisky. That's true. But mm-hmm. people would still definitely fault them for it. Let's say they end up trading up to into the top 10 and, you know, he swings and misses again. And people are going to be like, well, I mean, mm. if did we even need to run it back a second time, you know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think that, though, like the fact that they have no shot at getting a top three quarterback in the draft is going to help with the narrative a little bit, but very true. You you know what else helps with bad narratives? Our sponsors manscaped. Yeah. Thought, thought we were never going to get to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I did too. Uh, you know, manscaped, we did not forget you. Okay. With the first pick in the 2021 men's grooming draft, the ball Saxonville Saguars select Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Looks like Mel Kuyper gave this an A-plus grade because this pick is a major upgrade to that Bush defense. For all my NFL draft fans, we have an exclusive 20% off promo code, bare necessities, no space. Check the description at manscaped.com. Reese. Yes. You've been like, you've been telling me, man, like off the pod, you're like, bro, like this is game changing. Like, like, I mean, we talked about previously, you know, how you, you talked to me about your girlfriend potentially leaving you <laughs> because of all the, all the crazy stuff going on down there. Now we don't need to get into two things, but, and I know you guys have, you know, fixed things with, through therapy and stuff like that, but Manscaped has also helped you a lot. You said, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you cannot downplay, you know, Manscaped. You know, whether it be from the lawnmower 3.0 or even the weed whacker, you know, just getting rid of all those nose hairs. I'm looking at the mirror. There's not a single hair in sight. You know, <laughs> can't can't see any of them. You could even have one of those little things that a doctor sticks up with a light. I don't think you'd see any nose hair. I've gotten rid of them all. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're on a hunt down for these nose hairs. Yeah, Manscaped is unbelievable. They hook you up, and the best thing is, is that. You know, you're getting that quality product. You got that little LED light on the lawnmower 3.0. And whether, you know, if it's from the technology to the to the merchandise, to the apparel, the clothes, I mean, we could go on mm-hmm. and on about, you know, the comfort of the, the underwear and the shirt. You know, th- there's really, I think there's a little bit of something out there for everyone, right? Absolutely, absolutely. The reason why Manscaped is the guaranteed number one pick is because of the performance package. This package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Inside the performance package, you'll find products and liquid formulations that have been developed to turn your bathroom into a salon for your balls. Ooh. The package includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. And now this is off the script. I can honestly say, man, this is... The best nose hair trimmer I've used. Again, I can't act like I'm this guy that goes out and tries every single nose hair trimmer at the store. But out of the few that I've... Oh, oh my God. You came prepared, man. Do you just keep that in your back pocket? Just in case? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like I'm saying all the time, man. I'm staying, I'm staying ready. I feel um, a hair start to move out of my nose. And it's getting intercepted on the spot. <laughs> there you go there you go it's the eddie jackson of nose hair trimmers yeah get 20 percent off and free shipping using code bare necessities at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code bare necessities it's time to upgrade that defense with manscaped guys i cannot be 
more happy with Manscaped as a sponsor for the podcast. They're always, you know, on top of sending us new ad reads, entertaining, funny stuff. Um, just really as a company, and you know, we, I've worked with many other companies, like as an employee, stuff like that. Uh, great company to work with. I know we're not employees, but you know, just in general, from how it appears, it, I mean, they're. They're, they're really a great company and a blessing as a sponsor for this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had uh, absolutely no qualms with them. They uh, continue to make us happy, I feel like. And uh, I'm definitely willing to keep reading through those ad reads. They give me a little bit of a chuckle. So if anything, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just that, that little positive uh, boost, you know, every day. Yeah. Or at least every time I read it, you know. Every, <laughs> every day. I read it every day in the mirror to well, myself. <laughs> you know, I got to practice it, man. I got to get the ad read down, you know. There you go. <laughs> you know, great great job, Reese. We appreciate that. I'm sure all of our listeners do as well. But honestly, guys, get the underwear. I'm telling you, get the underwear. That's my that's my biggest recommendation. Get the underwear. Get They have a three-pack. I know it might seem, you know, a little bit expensive at first, but I mean, you will be wanting to wear this underwear every single day. Like it is far and beyond. And I've worn other underwear from other, you know, well-named brands, athletic underwear. It, it just had, a, you know, the best. It, it's really the best that. And I, I like, I wouldn't lie to you guys. It is by far the best underwear that I've worn in ever, which is why I always bring it up post read because I feel like they don't give that enough. You know, the lawnmower 3.0, the weed whacker, they always get, you know, everyone always talks about how much they like them, but the underwear, you know, they're the underdog here, you know? No, we're, not, we're never even talking about their formulations, but you know, that's a whole different formulations are also, yeah, yeah. they're also great. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. there's some sleepers out there, you know, some real sleepers. <laughs> Manscaped is like, all right, guys, we didn't pay for a three-minute promotion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're just playing, guys. But we honestly, we do like giving you guys truthful recommendations. So that that is my personal truthful recommendation. Check out the underwear. And I also really like the nose hair trimmer. Um, Let's go ahead and move on. The Chicago Bears have been calling teams to move into the top 10, and they're looking to trade up, supposedly. A couple names to throw out is the Panthers at pick 8, the Falcons at pick 4, and the Cowboys at pick 10. Now, the interesting thing here for me is that you know you're not going to get a top 3 quarterback here. So really you're looking at uh, one of you're you're looking at probably either like Justin Fields or Trey Lance is what I'd assume would be the pick here. I don't, it seems like Mac Jones is flying up draft boards and he could be the pick there at three. I mean, I guess there's a shot that it could be Mac Jones as well. Um, but really, in my eyes, I'm thinking it's probably going to be Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Here's, here's the first question is what would it take to get up to like, for instance, the Cowboys pick 10 or the Panthers pick eight? Is it going to take another first round pick? You mean more than... No, I don't think it'll take. I think you trade him the twenty. I think you trade him a second. Mm-hmm. And what's and maybe the Bears fifth, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I think that'd be pretty fair compensation though for moving up ten picks. I mean, come on, you can't be asking for the whole house. Now, here's the thing: is like I would almost be okay with sending a future first as long as we got something else in return. So like, let's say we get another second round pick or something like that, you know, like I would be, 
I'm not so insistent. I don't know. Maybe it's because of Ryan Pace's draft draft record in the first round, but I am not like insistent on us keeping our first round pick in next year. I think if we send it to the Falcons, yeah, it's going to need to be another first round pick because they're at pick four. You know, you really are cementing you're getting the fourth best quarterback in the draft, supposedly, or you're getting a top quarterback in the draft. But if it comes down to like the Cowboys and the Falcons, or sorry, in the Panthers, then yeah, I think there, it makes a lot more sense that you know, maybe you don't include that first round pick. Yeah, I think the Falcons might be a little bit of a reach, but I, I see your mentality here, man. You, you're looking back at last year's draft, you're going, that, that wasn't too bad, you know? And none of the stress and none of the pressure of the first round pick, you know? Mm-hmm. Avoid all the kind of pressure there. You don't, don't even get thought thought about on day one, you know? And just yeah. sliding into day two. Yeah, you know, it makes all the Bears fans rest easy, knowing that they can... You know, not live those stressful situations, huh? Um, no, nah, in all fairness, I think that it would make most sense to either do eight or ten with the Panthers or Cowboys. I think that the Falcons are just a little bit of a stretch up, you know, moving up those 16 picks. I feel like maybe that's a situation where you have to give up the multiple first, which then they'd have to tap in their future picks. Um, mm-hmm. Panthers seems definitely like a possibility with the fact that they got Darnold. Uh, Cowboys, Cowboys. I, I mean, I know that there's technically been rumors of them moving that pick. I know there's been a lot of talk about that. It just seems odd for them to want to sit out the the first round. I mean, they're a team they like to be in the media headlines, you know. So man, it, it it's but crazy if they're just moving back to twenty, I mean, they'd still be in the headlines. But it's cra- Oh, the Cowboys could do whatever they want, and they'll still be in the headlines. I'm not too worried about that. Here's my question that was. It's crazy to think that with the weapons that the Cowboys had, that they'd be able to get a top 10 pick. I wonder how that could have happened. <laughs> Andy Dalton. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's, <laughs> that, that, that. Is my con- that is my concern, though, honestly, about trading, around a first, trading away a first-round pick next year is like, if we do decide to keep Andy Dalton and we want to develop a quarterback, it's like if you're going to get a top 10 pick next year, it's one of those situations where it's like that is scary. It's a little bit scary unless you think you're going to be like in the bottom 10 picks. You probably shouldn't trade away your first round pick next year. Yeah, no, that's definitely definitely facts. I mean, everything after the top 10 it's definitely, of course, always a sliding scale, right, of what the value is. But after 15, it gets, you know, kind of less incremental. You know, top 15 pick, a little bit better. But, yeah, I mean, right, they had Aiden Dalton's quarterback. They sucked. And, yeah, I mean, if <laughs> if they if the Bears can ha- match that kind of trajectory. Great reporting there. <laughs> Great reporting there. Yeah, they, yeah, they sucked. I mean... We, we mean, don't we don't we don't kick the ball around here, you know. We're not we're not go, we're not gonna just tell you anything other than how it is, you know. So far, we've been doing pretty good being an authentic podcast. You know, we're not trying to sit up here and be like, "Oh, we are a Bears reporter." Excuse me, guys. Uh, l- l- let's report on the Bears here. Reese is gonna tell you how it is, man. You know, he's a straight shooter. He, well, he's he's gonna tell you they sucked. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, yes, that's the most in-depth reporting we've ever done here on this podcast. 
Um, yeah, so we, we've boiled down everything. <laughs> we've determined that they did, in fact, suck. Um, but, yeah, I mean... If my calculations are correct. Their offense struggled, even though they had a lot of weapons. So that, that should tell you something. I guess that's kind of the point that I'm trying to hit at. Um, no, that's huge. No, no, I, I, I don't even mean to mock you with that because like no, I, I was just that kidding. is huge. They, they have huge, they have, I mean, they have Amari Cooper. You know, they just drafted CD Lamb. You know, they supposedly still have a good offensive line. They just brought in a new head coach. I know Mike McCarthy isn't going to get any fans out of their seats, Big but old Mike, you know, yeah, yeah, good old Mike liked when he was in the NFC North. It's it's one of those things where it's like you have things there i mean with dak prescott it looked pretty good but honestly like with andy dalton in there they 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 sucked and i'm not going to put this all on andy dalton because mike mccarthy was never really a good head coach i know he won a super bowl but in the modern era he hasn't been that good of a coach because he's kind of old school so i mean i guess it is what it is but Andy Dalton doesn't have the best track record, even when he has significant weapons behind him. I mean, yeah. I mean, even <clears throat> there's a decent, I mean, he was a decent part of the Bengals success when they were formidable about five years ago, but they still mm-hmm. had a decent amount of weapons the whole time too. I mean, AJ Green was truly an elite receiver at that time, especially when healthy. Mm-hmm. And it was a really good had connection, good but AJ, AJ Green was He's going to get kind of lost a little bit in history, but he had a really good three, four-year run. He He's kind of feeling the effect of, like, when you have a lot of injuries and you start to kind of, like, fade out and not become as good. I Like, I almost feel like with players, it's like when you play longer than you probably, like, past your prime. Like, for instance, like Adrian Peterson right now. It's like he's he's been, you know, a better than he's been like an average running back for the past couple of seasons, but he's not the Adrian Peterson that he was with the Vikings, you know, like he's, no, he's just not that guy. Not anymore. At all, yeah. And that kind of, that kind of taints your, I don't know. It kind of shifts the way people kind of remember you. Um, so I, I kind of like, it's almost like with like Megatron when he, when he retired, like at what was he like 28 or, or whatever it, he will always be remembered at the height of his career. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's a very good point. I, I still think, you know, Adrian Pearson, Hall of Famer, no doubt. Um, but, yeah, no, surely not the player that he is on the, the Viking was on the Vikings in the early two, 2010s when he was clearly the best running back in the league at that point. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Davis Mills is reportedly, quote-unquote, rocketing up draft boards. And some mock drafts that I've seen have the Chicago Bears taking him at 20. So I'll go ahead and and give my opinion on this first. I don't like it. I, I would be very, very upset if Davis Mills gets selected by the Bears at 20. Super upset. To me, this is like a Mitchell Trubisky 2.0 except worse. Like I just, I personally do not get the appeal with Davis Mills. He so many times he misses wide open throws pretty regularly, you know, and I know he's dealt with injuries, weird COVID season, and people are going to get into the whole, Oh, he's the smartest guy in the field. He's an X five star, you know, and they're going to talk about, Oh, he goes to Stanford. He's like Andrew Luck. 
when at the same time, those exact same people are guys that will completely brush over Kellen Mond, who has, in my opinion, way better instincts as a passer and has a better throwing motion, has had more success. I just, I would hate this. I like even Kellen Mond at 20, I think would be a little bit of a, would be a reach truthfully, but I would at least be able to justify it. Davis Mills at 20 is worse than picking Paxton Lynch in the first round, truthfully, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I I mean, if they took him at 20, I mean, that would be, that would blow my mind a little bit. I know that the rumors are out there that they would do that. In my opinion, he's like a third or fourth round grade. Mm-hmm. That's, Even like a high second would be like such a stretch for me. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like second round is like, mm, third round is like, okay. I mean, it you looks know? like he'll even be taken before Jamie Newman at this point, but that wasn't my original gut feeling. That's just kind of the way things have shaken out a little bit. And if um, we want to be honest, bro, if we want to be completely honest, Jamie Newman has had way more success on the college football level than Davis Mills ever has. Even at Wake Forest, he had way more success. A school that's worse in football than Stanford. Jamie Newman had way more success. A lot of people are going to try to rewrite history. He was being looked at as a legitimate late first-round pick in the 2020 draft. But because of COVID and he obviously returned, things shifted. So now he doesn't really have a clear spot. But Jamie Newman at a time, had much more success than someone like Davis Mills. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm not the biggest Davis Mills believer. Um, brought it up kind of at the beginning of the podcast. Pretty clearly, when he's under pressure, he floats the ball. Not a great tendency mm-hmm. to have, especially in the NFL. How many times do we see the tipped interception? You know, to the to the corner, to the the free mm-hmm. safety that's lurking right behind, to the inside linebacker. I mean, either way, he's he's putting the ball in risky situations. Um, also, you know, I guess initially my kind of first read was like, Hey, like his arm motions a little whack. I'm not going to knock him too much for that. He has a fairly kind of quick release. It appears to be a lot slower than it really is. It kind of, it just Mm kind of, kind of winds up awkwardly. It looks like to me, but Hey, it seems like it somewhat works for him, but yeah, not a huge fan of where he positions the ball on the receiver. To me, it looks like he's kind of hucking it a little more than like precisely laying it into the receiver's hands, which isn't a characteristic that I particularly like. So I, I'm not a huge believer in him. I will say that it's encouraging that he can roll out of the pocket. He's not a complete statue. Um, it seems like he's a fairly decent reader of the field, um, but at the same time, he will you will catch him throwing off the bat his back foot. He's not always sure-footed. Um, I think he might make some reads a little bit later, and I think that's why it seems like he's kind of sometimes throwing either while he's kind of like on the hop or on a half step. I don't know, some weird stuff. You know who he reminds me of? And this might be like a blast from the past for anyone who's been paying attention to the draft for a while. And I don't even know, you might not even know this quarterback, Reese, because this is like, I'm sure you knew about him at the time, but like this is like so his name has never been mentioned again after he was drafted. Yeah, hit me. Kyle Kyle Lalletta. Do you remember him? Shh, no, I really don't. 20, 2018 draft came from Richmond. People were talking about him as like he has like traits of like Tom Brady and like I just feel like every single year there's one 
later round quarterback that for some reason draft geeks, you know, for all my draft geeks, as Manscaped would like to say, draft <laughs> geeks, they they try to kind of focus in on him and like try to make him better than he really is rather than taking like what's really been on display and like looking at like, okay, well, if given a certain circumstance, he might've performed better in college. It reminds me a lot of Kyle Lalletta coming from a Richmond um, and he got drafted by the New York Giants in 2018 and didn't even stay for a full season after being drafted in the first round or sorry, fourth round, excuse me. So I don't know. It's just like stereotypical like quarterback that gets talked up while he's like, you know, not, not that great. And I see this, I see the exact opposite with Jamie Newman or not Jamie Newman, excuse me, uh, Kellen Mond with Kellen Mond. It reminds me a lot of how Dak Prescott was kind of perceived like, okay, good quarterback has, you know, was expected to do a little bit more in college. Didn't have a great coaching staff, but still was a very productive quarterback, a winning quarterback. Also reminds me a little bit of um, Jalen Hurts, where it's like, okay, you know, there's things that people critique from him, um, but he was still a winning quarterback in college, has all these traits that could be pretty good. Um, But personally, I think that Kellamond is way better than Jalen Hurts was uh, in college. So it's one of those things where it's like... (sighs) For the people that think Davis Mills is better than Kellen Mond, I just, I, I cannot buy into it. Like, I just think it's such BS, man. Yeah. No, it's definitely a little bit of pre-draft hype for sure. Um, what are you going to do about it? You know, yeah, like you said, everyone's kind of looking for their late round miracle. And the thing is, is it doesn't happen very often. You know, that's why Tom Brady is literally such, such a fluke and, you know, such a great fluke, honestly. But... You know, the the reason why it's so special to find someone like Tom Brady in the sixth round is because it hardly ever happens, you know? It hardly mm-hmm. ever happens that you find a quarterback that impactful. Sure, in the third round, fourth round, happens for sure. But the sixth round, you know, hitting that miracle shot. And not that that's what so Davis rare. Mills is all. That's not what he is at all as far as I think he's going to end up getting drafted a lot higher up than that. But... Like you said, we are kind of naturally pushing up some of these quarterbacks that maybe sh- maybe should be drafted in the sixth round because we feel like we're going to hype them up into something that they're really not. And, and the college tape is there. There's a reason. With the top quarterbacks, sometimes it gets a little funky and the hype gets kind of weird. But, you know, if you're a quarterback with a sixth-round grade, there's usually some kind of cause as to why you're – or some major concern as to why you're kind of that lower in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I if they, if the Bears draft him at twenty, I this is going to be a really interesting podcast after draft night. <laughs> Very interesting podcast after draft night. I'll tell you that. Yeah. No, absolutely for sure. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to what is the final topic, but it's really quite a long topic. Um, and I'm I'm not even quite sure how we should do this, but. We're, we're doing our mock draft, really how we would kind of like the Bears to see out the draft. And I know that Reese and I, we've already talked a little bit about our lists. Uh, we have some differences in our lists. Um, but I think what we should do is go round by round. I know that we are incorporating trades throughout this. So we might have 
a different amount of first round picks, different amount of third round picks. So let's just go round by round. And every single player that you have in that round, let's talk about it. Okay, so Reese, why don't you start us off in the first round? All right, for the first round, I had them trading out of it. Woo. <laughs> oh. Um, trading down uh, with Miami um, in return for their second round pick, which is 36. Um, their mm-hmm. third round pick, which is 81. And their fourth round pick, which is 156. Okay. Yeah, and I think that we've talked about pretty extensively how 20 isn't really a good value pick. They should either look to trade up or trade down. Um, And I was actually happy that you chose to trade down because I decided to trade up. So the Bears trade round one, pick 20, plus their second round pick, plus a future first to the Cowboys in exchange for their round one this year plus their round two this year. So we move up from 20 to 10 in the second round as well, plus a fourth round pick in this year, which also gives us a, um, fills in for a fourth round pick that we traded away last year. So, and Trey Lance was the one that ended up slipping. Uh, you know, I, I used the fan speak board, um, in order to kind of mock this. So Trey Lance ended up slipping. I thought that was a good value at pick 10. Unfortunately, we do lose our first round pick next year, but we do get, you know, some added value this year um, in the second round. And we also get a fourth round pick. So I don't think it's that bad. As far as Trey Lance goes, you know, he, he's got a lot of great qualities. I mean, people always, we've talked about this extensively on the podcast. Uh, people always will try to put him into the mold of like a, you know, similar to kind of like a Jordan love where he's like, he's got traits, but he hasn't done well. And he doesn't have all the intangible or he doesn't have all the, you know, things hammered out. You know, he, his, his play is rough, which isn't the case with Trey Lance. Trey Lance, as far as mechanics go is in my opinion, right behind Trevor Lawrence. I think he has the best mechanics outside of Trevor Lawrence in this draft. Um, he's been used a lot as a runner. He is an elite runner. He is the best runner in this draft. Um, but you know, I'm not a huge, I wish that they almost used him less in the running game because he is so good in the passing game that I wish we got more film on him, especially since we're making this decision after essentially one full year of film, which I know might scare some with Mitchell Trubisky. And he's definitely a developmental guy. You know, how I kind of like to put it is that if there's one person in this draft that can be like Patrick Mahomes, which I know we kind of banned from the show, I think every draft comparison is to Patrick Mahomes and that's a losing expectation, but it's going to be someone like a Trey Lance because I could easily see them, you know, if he can sit a year behind Andy Dalton in his second year, really becoming a really great quarterback, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. That is definitely a possibility. Um, you know, and that's all I can really say with Trey Lance. I don't know if there's really any higher praise. There's definitely concerns with him, but really, I think he's going to be a very good quarterback. Yeah, no doubt. I think that I like his ability to improvise. Um, of course, you know, you can't blame him for his ability with his feet. I think that's a great, you know, part of his game. You know, definitely would like to see him hang around the pocket. You want to see that maturity to to be able to make those reads if there's a play to be made down the field, but... You know, when worst comes to worst, he's someone that's going to be able to pick up, you know, that crucial third down conversion for you with his legs. So I really like that part of his game. And like you said, the mechanics are great. 
I think that he can read the field pretty well. Um, not as 100% polished. That's why he's not going number one. He's not Trevor Lawrence, someone that is probably ready to start day one. With that being said, I think that he has tremendous upside and, like you said, maybe has the highest ceiling of everyone in this draft. But also, you know, the floor is a little bit unknown as well. <laughs> yeah, very true. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the second round. All right, for the second round with pick 36, I had the Bears taking Kellen Mond, quarterback, out of Texas A&M University. Uh, we've talked about him quite extensively. Really like this pick. Think it's a really good value pick, even that high in the second round. Think the Bears might be a little anxious. That's why they have to take him that early. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of a robot holds the ball high. Uh, we've heard the knocks. We've talked about the knocks on Kellen Mond. Um, by no means is he perfect. That's why he's going in the second round. At the same time, if given a year to sit and develop, I think he's someone that can really use some of the positive traits that he already has working for him. Um, you know, really has a good arm. I trust his ability to read the field. I think that, you know, mm-hmm. he, maybe he's not perfect, but I think that he's someone that, you know, he's not a huge liability in that, right? And, you know, he does kind of bring a little bit of that dual threat mentality. Sure, he's not Trey Lance, but I think that he's someone that's athletic enough to, to make the moves where you're not worried about him being a, a complete statue, you know, all day in the pocket. And then yeah. I also had the 52nd pick as well in round two um, where I took Ifitu Melanfanwu, um, cornerback out of Syracuse. Really talked about him extensively on this podcast already. Just really like his game. I think if the Bears are going to go corner, I think that's where I want to see him. I know that you have J.C. Hill as your guy. Um, I would really like to see I feed to Melon just like kind of he's a different corner. You know, it's not too often that you kind of get a big, strong, physical corner in the league um, with the ability to make the make the play on the ball as well. Something that really makes me excited. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like um, Melon a lot. You know, he's got a lot. Of, I mean, physically, he has a ton of upside. Could be someone, you know, worst case scenario, he becomes your cornerback too. best case scenario. He might even be able to take that CB one away from uh Jeez, Jalen Johnson. Oh my God. Yeah. Sometimes we have we have you know mental breaks on the podcast. They're just like, how do you forget that person's name? Yeah, Jalen Johnson. Um, but if not, you know, great pick there. As far as Kellen Mond, obviously I'm a huge fan of him. Could even be a better value uh, than someone like Trey Lance trading up a game at top ten pick because I I truthfully believe Kellen Mond will be a starter in the NFL someday. Um, really big fan of his. So, you know, it's definitely something that the Bears need to consider. (laughs) What's the better value here? Maybe trading down, getting Kellen Mond is a better value than someone like, you know, even trading up and getting a Trey Lance. So, yeah, for for my second round pick, I ended up picking uh, Creed Humphreys. And that's at round two, pick 10. Again, I've talked, I like Creed Humphreys a lot. Talked about him a lot. I think he's an all pro at the NFL level, uh, given the right situation. I know that we like Sam Mustafer, but you know what? Honestly, you look to upgrade the any position given available. And at round two, pick 10, I couldn't think of a better value than someone like Creed Humphreys. I think he's going to help out uh, David Montgomery a lot. And I think that he is going to really help start to build a good Bears offensive line really starting at those front three positions. Yeah. No, I mean, I actually was looking at Creed Humphreys myself, but kind of decided to keep him off. Thought had a little bit of an inkling that you might be putting him on yours, actually. 
But I do really like his game. I think that the Bears can do better at that center position. And I think, you know, I think that Mustafer is a good start, but necessarily shouldn't be, you know, what we end up being happy with. He shouldn't be the end goal, right? And when you have the opportunity to go out there and get someone that can be a longtime center in the second round, which you usually can, you can usually get some pretty good value adds there. You got to hop on it. So I do really like that pick in particular. Good, good. All right, let's move on to round three. All right. For round three with pick 81, we have Spencer Brown, offensive tackle in Northern Iowa. I believe we, we do we naturally have 81, or that might have been part of my trade too, and I just forgot to say it. I believe uh, we have the I think 83rd we do have 81. pick, right? Something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> One of the two. The um, quality you guys get here. It, some of the facts may be true. Some of the facts may be false. <laughs> uh, Deal with it. It's all good. Um, I got offensive tackle Spencer Brown uh, out of Northern Iowa. I think that he's someone that, as far as I like the top part of the draft of the tackles, I don't think the tackles later on in the draft are really particularly amazing. But I think if we're going to jump on one um, kind of in the, well, the third's still kind of the early round when it's like into that mid-round, but if you're going to hop on one of them, you know, somewhat mid-round, I think it's Spencer Brown's the, the way to go. I know that Iowa is smaller of a school, but I do like his game. I don't, not necessarily the best hands guy, but, you know, it brings a decent sense of physicality to his game. And, you know, you got to like the aggression. Absolutely. And in my third round pick, I also have us taking an offensive tackle, Stone Forsyth from Florida. Now, he's someone that early on in his career, he was pretty terrible, honestly. Uh, he really didn't live up to the hype of him coming out of high school. But this past year, man, he had a major breakout season, uh, started playing really well. I mean, he's 6'8", so he's massive at that left tackle position. And while he is huge, and that can be honestly at times a concern because, you know, they play with a different level of pad level. Um, but he also has a lot of fluidity in his play. He is a really good athlete as well. Um, and I think that he definitely, which is why he ended up slipping to the third round, um, especially in this draft, is because there is concerns early on in his career why he wasn't playing as well. But honestly, dude, this is a guy that could definitely be a good starting left tackle, which is rare to find in the third round. But worst case scenario, you find yourself a really good right tackle. Um and just a guy that you could feel comfortable with at least becoming a starter at one of those two tackle positions and probably better than Jermaine Effetti when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think the Bears do have the opportunity to make some improvements on the offensive line really all throughout the draft, and they really should take it. Um, you know, there are a lot of positions of need. I mean, the Bears do need to add a wide receiver, corner, possibly safety, uh, linebacker wouldn't be a bad ad. You know, anything along the offensive line wouldn't be a bad ad. Quarterback, of course. Even potentially another running back. So, yeah, I mean, they really have a lot of play- places to add. But I think that, you know, especially in this case, you know, you go ahead, you add either one of those two guys onto the offensive line. I think you're making it, you know, a little bit better, a little bit more manageable, at the very least adding some depth. Um, kind of looking into round four more. I, I was tempted to put Amari Rogers on there, but I think that he's someone that's going to be off the board by then, which I was kind of battling back and forth as to whether or not I wanted him or Spencer Brown, but I had to show the offensive line a little bit of love. Actually, have them going with Chubba Hubbard of uh, running back Ooh. out of Oklahoma State. 
You know what? Honestly, a little bit surprised on a lot of mocks that he was this low, just because of how dominant he was in college. I feel like even even last year, a little, some of the hype died off of him. But kind of heading mm-hmm. into um, last season, he was kind of like a Heisman front runner at that running back position. He can do it all a little bit. I can kind of see why, just because he's not the most explosive back, like as far as like explosive speed or anything, maybe why he fell a little bit more down here. But I, I do like the game that he brings. He's someone that's at least been very consistent in my eyes. Definitely, and I think that, you know, Chuba has done a great, really great job in college. Um, Productive player. And, yeah, he was someone that was talked about being one of the top running backs of the class who was getting him in the late third round is really good value. So I have another uh, trade here. The Bears, uh, so obviously before – oh, actually, this is the third round, so I accidentally made a mistake. I'm sorry, guys. But the Bears send round four, pick 10 – to four plus a future fifth round pick to Cleveland for round three pick 25. So he actually had two third round picks and I ended up picking up wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown from USC, a brother of Equinemius St. Brown who plays for the Packers right now. Um, I view Amon Ra as a really good Anthony Miller replacement. I think he's going to be a slot wide receiver in the NFL as he played a lot in college. Not, you know, an amazing athlete by any means, but he's a really good route runner, very polished, um, very technical, and he has some good play strength. Um, and he's always been a really consistent threat for USC. Um, and I think that he's going to be a really good slot receiver in the NFL. Yeah, no, I think so too. I think that's a very solid pick with St. Brown. I think, you know, whether you go him or Rogers, like at that position is kind of a little mm-hmm. bit tearing. Well, do you go for a little bit more explosive option or maybe someone that is maybe a little more consistent, a little more, I guess, traditional in the way, right. Of probably being a little bit more, you know, typical of a route runner, uh, as far as what you want to see, as far as you know, consistent, more fundamental parts of the game. But yeah, no, that's a really tough position there, but I think adding a wide receiver in that part of the draft is something that the Bears could certainly, certainly look to do. So are you and out then of I, the, are you out of the fourth round then? Yeah, I have no more I do not have any fourth round picks. Okay. For the fifth fifth round I have the Bears with two picks. Um pick one sixty four. I have them taking Sean Wade. Uh basically kind of just D B uh cornerback slash safety out of Ohio State. And then pick 165, the pick right after. They're going to go back-to-back, trade with the calls that are after them. Um, They're going to trade their 221st and 228th pick, which I think are both conditional picks, which you can Mm -hmm. trade those technically, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think think that they have been validated already. Yeah, so um, have them moving those two picks because, I mean, honestly, just didn't even want to do four six-round picks. That's so... So boring, but have them moving up there to 165 and taking Justin Hilliard, a linebacker out of Ohio State. I think both of those players late in this part of the draft are, are good ads, um, especially when that's kind of like later on in the draft is when I actually feel pretty good picking out of bigger schools for kind of just the more consistent um, positional training development that kind of comes out there, especially with Sean Wade. You know, getting Ohio State DB, you know, in the fifth round of the draft someone that has kind of the flexibility to play safety and corner, which also not only the flexibility physically, but mentally to be able to flip between those 
two positions. Kind of makes you think that he'd be very coachable, very flexible to fit, you know, somewhere within this defense. You know, you can feel pretty comfortable, you know, plugging someone like that into a nickel as well, especially if you want to play aggressive and throw him down low and kind of be a little bit more of a run stop as well. Like that move. And then Justin Hilliard to help kind of build up that linebacker depth that the Bears are lacking a little bit. Um, you know, just someone that's physical kind of brings that little extra, you know, step to his game. Um, doesn't hesitate, which I always like to see out of a linebacker. You need to have that sharp thinking. I think that he's someone that explodes off of his decisions. So, you know, just kind of with that merit off alone, I think that he'd be a good, both those Ohio State players would be good pickups in the fifth round. Okay, so for my fifth round picks, I have actually another trade up. Bears send round five, pick 20, plus round six, pick 44, for round five, pick three, and that was with Houston. And at the top of the fifth round, they go ahead and they grab wide receiver Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn. Uh, He might be the fastest guy in this draft class. He's extremely quick. He's a good deep threat. Doesn't have a lot to offer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Doesn't have a lot to offer. You know, there's always a couple guys in this draft that you see as John Gruden guys, and that'll be funny. I think Anthony Schwartz could definitely be one of them. Um, But it doesn't have a lot to offer when it comes from uh, as far as like route running. But, you know, route running can be taught to some people. Um, And I think that Anthony Schwartz with his deep ability, I think in some way he can definitely contribute on offense. I don't know if he'll necessarily ever become a a true starter, but someone that probably can get lost as far as how DBs cover him. And with that deep threat ability could be a real, uh, can do some real damage, especially if you have someone with an arm like Trey Lance, who has some really good deep accuracy as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I think that, yeah, you pair him at that position. The Bears ultimately just need new dynamics in that wide receiving core. You know, it kind of prefaces mm-hmm. one of my picks in round six, but the Bears, they have the consistent option in Allen Robinson, right? Darnell Mooney brings a little bit more of that explosiveness. They could certainly add more explosiveness as well. They do need more speed. They had it with mm-hmm. Patterson, but never really used it for whatever reason, but they need more speed. And then kind of leading into what my six-round pick is with pick 204 is Sage Surratt is just getting a bigger mm. body in there as well. I mean, someone that's 6'3", you know, has like a 4'640", he's not going to burn you, not going to kill you with speed. But, I mean, I just look at someone like, you know, there's a couple different players in the league like, you know, Mike Williams in San Diego. By no means is he the best receiver in kind of like any other capacity other than he's someone that you can throw up the ball to. I mean, look at... Mike Evans, Mike Evans isn't a great example because he has great game all around, but how he uses his body, same way as Sage Surratt's able to kind of box out, had mm-hmm. 11 touchdowns last year, which for college football for a receiver is great. Someone that's going to be another great red zone weapon, which is something the Bears need to look into for those post-Jimmy Graham years because we're not going to have him forever, <laughs> and uh, which is yeah. kind of low-key a good thing. But they need to be able to find uh, <laughs> find more. God. <laughs> they need to be able to find more people that can be a good threat in the red zone. And you know, I think that Surratt would add that in. And then with the two hundred eighth pick, I, I really, I really got crazy here, Austin. I, I really can't even explain this one. Ooh. I got him going QB again. Two really? QBs. Okay, I can two, see that. Who two you taking? QBs because it's the Notre Dame quarterback. It's Ian Book. 
And I, Ian I, Book. <laughs> I don't even like it, but I I think that it's such a strong possibility. You just know it's Chicago. They like to bring in the Notre Dame guys. If he's sitting there down low, you think they at least give him a look in training camp and, you know, maybe mm-hmm. let him walk, uh, especially if they're not going to try to hold three QBs. But, you know, you figure they at least, you know, let him see some throws. Maybe he ends up making it onto the practice squad. You know, who knows? It's funny that you went quarterback twice because I was almost considering that as well. Because in the sixth round, Jamie Newman was still available here. And I was like, okay, that's that's a great value. But I don't really think Jamie's going to be available at this point. So I stayed away from it. Um, so I went up and for round six, pick 20, uh, I did safety Tyree Gillespie. Uh, from Mizzou, he's got great speed and instincts. If he actually falls to the sixth round, especially at this point, massive steal. Maybe a little bit unrealistic at this point, but could be a massive steal. And then round six, pick 24, uh, wide receiver Josh Imatobehe from Illinois. A great athlete, does a really good job going up and getting the ball. Um, you know, he could develop his route running, but he's not bad at it by any means. Uh, just another add. So I ended up drafting three wide receivers here. I just think adding some youth to this wide receiver room could be good. Uh, you know, what we've seen so far out of uh, Riley Riley Ridley has not been that great. <laughs> and, you know, Javon Wims has, him, you know, it's just like, rarely ever. Yeah. Rarely ever. And like we saw more of guys like, uh, uh, Ted Ginn Jr. than we did out of Riley Ridley, which is a concern, a, a big concern, truthfully. So I, I don't really expect too much from Riley Ridley. Uh, so I, just getting some new names. If we have to cut one of these guys I drafted, I don't see it as a big issue. But if we get two guys that are big contributors on here, I think that would be a massive steal. And then finally, my last uh, six-round pick and my final pick in the draft, round six, pick 37, linebacker Patty Fisher from Northwestern. You know, I don't think he's going to be a starter by any means, but he could definitely be a reliable backup. He kind of gives me a little bit of Nick Kwiatkowski vibes, but he is not quite as athletic, I feel like, as Kwiatkowski. And Kwiatkowski wasn't a major athlete by any means either. I kind of feel like with Patty Fisher, he's playing a little bit in the wrong era of the NFL. Like, I think he would have been a much better linebacker and much more well-received if this was like 10 years ago or 12 years ago. Um, but you know, he is playing in the modern era. He's not a massive athlete. He's not a great, he's not great in coverage by any means. So he he's, he's a guy that I think could be a good backup though. And we need a good backup at that inside linebacker position. Um, and that's why I drafted Patty Fisher there. Yeah, no, you raise a good point. I mean, there's definitely only a a certain amount of linebackers kind of from the old eras that you would be like, Hey, maybe I'd still want them around these days. I mean, Names like Patrick Willis and, you know, maybe even like Ray Lewis, like Mm -hmm. ring a bell as that they would succeed in today's NFL. But some of the other good old, you know, pure run stopping linebackers certainly wouldn't cut it. And yeah, going wide receiver heavy on that. Definitely see it. Love the idea to bring youth into the room. They need it. It's time to move on from some of these players that are a little bit more washed up. that have been depth guys and and not even washed up because they're old in their career, just because how, how much longer are we going to keep going to bat with them? I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. nothing's going to change there. Um, it, it could be a, a not a good fit here for Riley Reed or whatever, but we haven't seen enough of him playing in simple and something just makes me seem like, Hey, he's not getting the reps for whatever reason. Um, you know, even guys like Javon Wims, you know, 
great, you know, whatever. Uh, we've seen the good parts of his game, but at the same time, you know, has never really stood out to the point enough where it blows you away. Same reason why the Bears are looking to trade Anthony Miller. A lot of these guys, the guys that aren't named Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson, you know, really they're honestly replaceable. Um, that's that's what it ultimately boils down to. And this draft serves an opportunity to reload there to get some new fresh faces in. Really a lot of new fresh faces all over the board. Um, I think that we brought up some decent names here. I definitely, um, you know, I could probably put together a 2.0 that would maybe look a little bit different, but I think you kind of have to pick which way you want to look at it here and how the Bears are going to necessarily pick, and I see them probably going a little bit heavier on offense this year and, and laying off defense a bit, but definitely still looking to pick a couple players on that defensive side of the ball. Yeah, throughout the entire draft, the first time I drafted a defensive player was in round six, um, and I drafted two in round six. I like I I do think that it's important to keep this defense up to the strength that it has been, but at the same time, I don't view the Bears as really competing for the Super Bowl next year. So it's like I feel like we could address all of our defensive needs if need be next year, and I'd rather get some a little bit of continuity in offense because ideally the way the Bears should play this is that they're looking to compete again after the 2021 season, so in 2022. And defensive players can really step on the scene and show a lot of success initially. Um, I mean, we saw it with Jalen Johnson. Uh, there, we saw it to a degree with Roquan Smith, who was pretty successful in his rookie year. So I'm not, whereas offensive players, especially offensive linemen, you know, the cohesion on the offensive line, uh, learning how to play with the guy next to you is very important. So that's why I focus really hard. And then especially with quarterback, that's why I focus really intensely on offense throughout this draft. And, you know, the Bears have been pretty terrible the past two years. Uh, some may even say the past three years on offense. So uh, I think that it's definitely a requirement that we give offense a lot of attention, specifically quarterback and offensive line throughout this draft. Yeah, it's always an uphill battle. The Bears are fighting. Uh, same, same year, same story. It always seems to be for the Bears. Hopefully this draft brings a little bit of new hope uh, to the organization, gives the Bears fans to rally around. Because it's certainly, it'd at least be nice for, you know, the 2021 season to be entertaining, to bring us something new. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what this draft brings of us. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, cannot wait to keep, you know, looking at this draft class. I uh, can't wait till we actually have some real, you know, draft picks to report on and get those out and back to you. And uh, yeah, appreciate you guys' support along the way, 100%. It's going to be a really fun draft night. I'm looking forward to it a lot. Super excited. And we would really appreciate you guys. By the way, if you do get something from Manscaped, we appreciate you and we thank you guys so much because that does help financially support the podcast, um, especially if you use our promo code. Uh, well, actually, only if you use our promo code does that really help us. But we really appreciate you guys if you, you know, at least check out what they have and see if you need anything. Uh, if you don't have the money, by no means, <laughs> don't be missing your next rent payment because you're trying to buy some, you know, stuff to support us. But yeah. if you guys have yeah. a little bit of extra money laying around and you're looking for some men's grooming stuff, Manscaped offers you guys great products. Um, and then also if you could leave us a rating and review that would, we'd appreciate it so much. 
yes, I'm talking to you who's driving on their way to work right now. Please, when you get to work, if you could, uh, don't do it while you're driving, but when you get to work safely, uh, please, if you could leave us a rating and review, let us know your name, let us know what you think about the bears, what you think about the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Helps us out tremendously. And your review will be read on the show. Um, you know, sometimes Apple podcasts can have kind of a little bit of a delayed upload as far as when I can, we can actually see your ratings and reviews. But as soon as we see it, we will read it off on the podcast and we do check it regularly. So we'd really appreciate it. But other than that, man, thank you guys so much. Uh, we appreciate all the support. And, uh, unless you have any final words, Reese, bear down. Nope. Bear down.